We're in uh, second session or part two of a series called Rest. Can you just say rest with me? Rest. Just kind of exhale when you say it. Say rest. Oh, man, doesn't that feel good? It's like, man, I can let go of all the tension and all the anxiety and any of the fears that have tried to take over my life, and I can rest. Man, I am so grateful that the Word of God has spoken to us in this specific way. I want to make a quick announcement to you, and then we'll get right into the meat of our message. So uh, two weeks ago, maybe three, I can't remember exactly, we were in staff meeting, and we decided that day to have a quick staff meeting and just get out of the guitar and worship together. And during that worship time, out of the blue, I wasn't thinking about this, I wasn't tracking on this idea, God said, it's time to tell the church to rest. And I said, well, okay, and, and I'm just thinking through this, and I remembered that, see, back several years ago, I was given this book by Mark Buchanan called The Rest of God. It says, restoring your soul by restoring Sabbath. And then just a year ago, we went to a conference, and we got this book called Take the Day Off, by Robert Morris. It's the same concept, restoring the truth about rest from the scripture and God's design for your life. And to be honest, guys, I'm not very good at resting. Anybody else in that same boat? Most people are, honestly, because we're very driven, we're very goal-oriented, which is all good, but we need to learn God's rhythm for resting. And so when God told me it's time to tell the church to rest, I knew it was significant because the year previous, God had gotten me into this book and I made a pledge that I would not preach it until I was practicing it. I try and I mean, I'm diligent about it. I'm not gonna get up and preach something I don't practice myself. And so I've been working hard and our whole team here at the church has been working hard for a whole year what, working hard sounds contradictory to rest, doesn't it? But Hebrews 4 verse 11 says, strive to enter into rest or be diligent to enter into rest. So the hard work is changing our minds and our feelings and our thoughts to come into agreement with the word of God and to embrace a lifestyle and a rhythm called rest. So I said, okay, God, I will, I will do it. He, he dropped this message, three, ver three passages of scripture just like that. And so we began to discuss it with our pastoral team. How do we take action? Because when God speaks, we need to have corresponding action. Are y'all with me? When God speaks, we need to have corresponding action. And so I thought, well, I'll start preaching on rest. And, then, and, and so we started last week, and that was about two weeks in preparation, getting ready, and we decided to roll this out. And then God said, that's not, that's not all I want you to do. So when, when God speaks, we need corresponding action. So I said, well, I'm going to teach about it. He said, yeah, but that's not enough. I said, well, what do you want us to do, God? And as we prayed and sought the Lord as a pastoral team, we really believe God said to reorder our schedule here at the church for, from now until the end of the year. So we're gonna take a corresponding action. God says rest, and we say, what's the action? We're gonna change our schedule here at the church. There's a few events that were on Sunday nights that we're gonna 
reschedule into the next semester, and then we're only going to have one service only starting next Sunday, 11 a.m. We're going to have one service only here at the church on Sunday mornings, and we're going to finish out our Wednesdays. Wednesday night activities already end on November 18th. And so I want you to know that. We're going to make a change. You say, well, that's not that big of a deal. Well, yeah, it actually is. Because we spend a ton of time, and you spend a ton of time working behind the scenes, making these services happen. And so we want to have a corresponding action that says, you know what? We're going to scale back our schedule, move to one service for the next two months, and then you just take on an attitude and a heart and a mindset that says, I'm going to embrace the principles that found in this book that are taken from the scripture, and I personally am going to begin to get into rhythm with God and the rhythm of rest. Amen? Come on, when God speaks, corresponding action. So we're just doing the very best we know how to respond to the Holy Spirit. And isn't that just what our life in Christ is supposed to be? We're supposed to hear God's voice and respond. Hear God speak and obey. So with all that in mind, I hope that you'll just turn a few clicks on your internal meter and just say, okay, I'm gonna say it with me, Rest. Now, when you say it, remember to exhale like you're letting out all that stuff. One, two, three. Rest. Oh, man, doesn't that feel good? When we obey God, we receive the benefits of what God wants to give. But listen, what did we say last week? When we just do stuff without hearing God first, it's just religious activity, even if it's well-intentioned. But this is hearing from God taking action, and then we step into a whole new place with him. Amen? Will y'all stand up with me for a second? We're going to make our declaration. I just kind of want to make a transition here. We're going to get into this message. And so if we can do this together, it's there on the screen. Say, I am covered by and submitted to the blood of Jesus. Now let's say it with all of our heart, all the way from the bottom of your feet to the top of your head, belt it out, say, I am and the blood of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. There's a lot in that statement, and I'm not going to preach that message today, but there's a lot being said spiritually when we confess that we're under the blood of Jesus, we're submitted to his lordship. Now, to get back into this series, rest. To be able to fully receive everything that God has for us, we need to be able to take a posture of rest. See, we, we spent five weeks recently talking about Receiving God's love, which a great concept and so much incredible truth was shared through the messages. But God spoke to me in this path of getting to rest. It says, you really can't receive all that truth and all that reality of my love if you don't position yourself in a place of rest. And so I said, okay, God, I want to do this. And if you were here last week, you remember I talked about how we did five weeks on receiving God's love and then Miles Sweeney came and, and he spoke new beginnings. And, and so God put it all together for me a couple of weeks ago and I showed you that graphic last week where God said there's a new beginning called rest. 
And if we'll step into it, then we can avoid the chaos of the storms all around us. Doesn't that sound good? It's like, it's like we've been on this ship. Think of an ancient old ship in the middle of the ocean and the storm comes and the waves are crashing against the boat. You've taken down all the sails and you're just trying to survive the storm. But everybody's up on the deck and people are up on the perch and God says, hey, it's time to rest. Just go under the hull of the ship and rest because I've got this boat under my control. You know what I love about our elder team here at the church? Every time we meet to discuss the business of the church and the, the, the ministry of the church, our confession on purpose is always this. This church belongs to Jesus Christ. So that boat is representative of us. This is our church. And I think it's so significant when God says, just go under and chill out. What does that mean? That means he's taking control of the boat. He's going to steer the rudder. He's going to take care of the winds. He's going to keep the boat from tearing in half and everybody going overboard. That was so comforting to me when Jesus said to me, Brad, just go under the hull. It's time to take a nap. I said, well, God, I thought rest was a state of being. He said, well, it is and it can be, but you know the concept in Corinthians. It says, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. Say it with me. Say, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. I'm going to tell you this. If you're exhausted today from running what some people might call the rat race of this life or being caught up in all the storms that are brewing around us, I'm telling you what, if you can go under there and take a rest, I'm telling you, if you try to seek God, I promise you this, you'll just fall asleep anyway. Have you ever tried that? Have you ever said, well, I'm gonna take a day and I'm just gonna dedicate it to the Lord. I'm gonna pray, I might even fast, I'm gonna read and I'm gonna worship and five minutes in, you're like. Do you know why? Because you need to rest. The first thing that needs to rest is your physical body. If your physical body has not got enough rest, your mental capacity doesn't work. Your emotions are messed up. You can't even get in touch with what the Spirit is trying to do inside of you. So first in the natural, take a rest. I'm telling you, please hear the word of the Lord to Harvest Christian Fellowship. It's time to, say it with me, rest. So reorder your schedule. Make Saturday a real day off or find Sunday. Make Sunday. Make Monday. It doesn't matter in the new covenant. We don't have to pick a particular day. We just need to practice the principle of rest. You know, even God rested after he labored for six days. Even God rested. And so his word to us today, church, is so simple. Just get under the hull of the ship. Be in the shelter of the Almighty and rest. So for two months, we're going to chill down here at the church. We're going to do as little as possible. We're going to seek God. We're going to come to work and do our jobs. But you know what? As a corporate body, we're going to rest. Psalm 62 verse 1 says this, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Do you see that? Truly my soul finds what? Come on, y'all can do, come on, come on with me, church. <gasps> rest. 
Oh man, just exhale when you say it. It'll just, it, you'll, be, you'll be napping by the time I'm done. It'll be great. It's the first Sunday I've ever wanted people to sleep when I was preaching. Verse two says, truly he is my rock and my salvation. See, when he's the rock, I don't have to be. Can you hear that, church? When he's the rock, I don't have to be. And that's what gets us all so confused sometimes because we're trying to be strong. We're trying to do what we're supposed to do. But what he's saying to us is, I'm going to use these next two months if you'll let me. Do you know in every word from God, there's an if clause. God says, rest, and I'll teach you how to rest, and I'll give you the benefits of rest if you actually rest. So that's why God told me just preaching messages on rest is not enough. Because we hear messages all the time. We need to reorder some things and shake up the order and pattern of our normal life so we can get into God's rhythm of rest. And then if we get physically rested, then we get mentally and emotionally rested, then the greater the probability is that we will actually walk in a state of being called rest. What if you did that? What if we did that? What if we weren't stressed out about all the things going on around us? I mean, I'm not saying not to acknowledge the facts. Listen, here's the facts today. 406 people in Hale County have contracted currently the COVID-19 virus right now. 406 people in our county actively have case. 398 of them are at home. Eight of them are in a medical facility. I don't want to deny what's going on. Those are the facts. But what if we brought the truth to the facts? Would y'all help me do that right now? For all eight of those people who are in a medical facility in Hell County right now, I wanna pray and believe for miraculous healing. Can y'all join me in that? God, for all eight people who've contracted COVID-19 and it has affected them so negatively, if they're in the hospital and a medical facility right now, we declare Jesus' life in their lungs. We declare Jesus' life in their body. And as a church body, we reach out and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. Let there be miraculous divine power to visit those eight people and the 398 other people who are in a medical are in their homes. God, we believe today that you're releasing power over the people of Hale County and beyond. We're thankful, God, that, that many of them have been spared. God, that the, the statistics and the, the, the models said that there were gonna be so many people that would die from this. God, you have spared our nation and so many lives. We're grateful today that it didn't turn out like it was predicted. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. And we ask that there would be a specific, special anointing upon those who are sick with this disease right now that you would deliver them instantly in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. That's what the church needs to be doing. I want you to know that every person in our church who's contracted the virus, we've reached out to them, we've shown them love, we've prayed prayers of faith, the members of our church have been 
amazing, sending food and going by and getting groceries and doing everything we can to serve those who are in need. I don't want you to misunderstand. When I get up here and say, we're gonna stand in faith and we're not gonna be afraid, it doesn't mean we, we ignore those who are hurting. We always reach to the hurting. Jesus is gentle and tender in his heart toward all those who are in need. And I, I, I'm telling you, our churches too, the most amazing stories of love and compassion have come out of the last seven months here in our church. And I'm so grateful to be a part of a people like you who love and care and do your part. Thank you for being real born-again Christians who live their faith. Okay, page two. Matthew 11, verse 28, Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I would just ask you today, how many of us today feel burdened? How many of us feel heavy? How many of us feel stressed or anxious? I just want to tell you, this invitation has never changed. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. God is more willing, more able than you could even imagine to come and rescue you from your current circumstances to take the burden away. Why? Because he's gentle and humble in heart. Isn't it good to have a savior who's both the victorious king of all things and also a gentle and humble servant to those who are in need? I wanna read this Matthew 11 passage in, in the amplified version. It's got some extra meaning because these Greek words, guys, you gotta understand the Bible translated into English every once in a while kind of misses a deeper meaning because Greek and Hebrew are very uh, emotional languages, very powerful words, a little bit more than English. So I wanna do the best we can here with the amplified version because it brings out a little bit more of the connotation and the meaning of the word. So here we go, Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavily burdened. Look at these words. Burdened by what? By religious rituals that provide no peace. And I will give you rest. I wanna pause for a second. What is religion? Because you say, well, religion is good. Well. There's a difference really in religion and relationship. See, God calls us to a personal relationship where we hear his voice and we have corresponding action, where we listen to him and then we do what he says. See, this is the life of a believer. Religious activity is any time we try to do godliness. I don't know how exactly to say it. We try to do God stuff, but we do it in our own strength, having not heard and responded. Now, some of you may remember the story I told last week about my middle child who, when, I when he was born, his lungs didn't work. Quick story, I was praying. I had just gone through all this teaching about spiritual authority and deliverance and healing, and I, I knew it all. I was 20-something and smarter than anybody I'd ever met. Come on, if you can't laugh at that, come on. And I was in that hospital room and I was casting out and I was praying in the spirit and I was 
calling down heaven and I was doing everything I had been taught to do, but I forgot this one little thing. I forgot to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying in this specific situation? Well, the Bible says God wants to heal. The Bible says God wants to deliver. The Bible says a lot of things. But God is alive. He's not dead. We don't have to memorize what he said so we can know what to do in every situation. All we have to do is tune in our ear to what he's saying and then agree with it. And if you remember the story, I was exhausted from all of my, I hate to say it, religious activity. It was very charismatic, by the way. And most people think charismatic and religion don't go together. Any activity that's trying to produce God's stuff that's not led by the Spirit is religion. See, we think religion takes place in ancient cathedrals in Europe or in some traditional church that sings out of a hymn book because, you know, we do drums and guitars. We're definitely not religious. No, no. Drums and guitars can be just as religious as a hymn book or a stained glass window. None of that really is religion in and of itself. It's the matter of the heart. You can encounter God in, in the crystal cathedral or in the basement of a dungeon where you're in prison like Paul and Silas. God is everywhere. And so what am I talking about? Religious activity. And I fell to my knees beside that hospital bed in tears, overwhelmed, about to just give up. I said, God, I don't know what to do. Nothing's changing. And he said, why don't you just ask me to heal your son? I said, God, would you heal my son? Within minutes, the nurses came and said, he's had a turnaround. He's not going to have to go to the NICU. God healed my son. And I'm telling you. I, I hear him talking to me every day. Those lungs work just fine. Every once in a while, he gets frustrated with old dad. Maybe I can hear the woo. You know, young men and fathers, you've know, got this little tension going on, right? But it's a good thing. It's like we're trying to grow up, right? But those lungs work perfectly because God healed my son. See, I'm not saying that we shouldn't believe the Bible. Of course we should believe the Bible. We should just speak the words of the Bible on the impulse of hearing the Holy Spirit direct us in what words to say at the time. Christianity, healing, deliverance is not a formula. It's a relationship. And so that's why this says you're heavily burdened down by religious rituals that provide no peace. Some people come to church every Sunday right here at Harvest Christian Fellowship and you have no peace. And I just want you to know Jesus says there's a better way. There's a restful way. And he says, I'll give you rest, refreshing for your souls with salvation. You'll be saved from whatever has got you burdened. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Follow me as my disciple. It's not just a one-time thing. I had this moment with Jesus. No, it's a, I am intentionally following, listening, obeying, hearing, responding, walking in the Spirit. As a disciple, for I am gentle, Jesus says, and humble in heart, and I will give you what? I'll help you find rest, renewal, Blessed quiet. 
you know what I'm going to do during the nine o'clock hour for the next nine Sundays? I'm going to find some blessed quiet. You know what I'm going to do on Sunday evenings for the next nine Sundays? I'm going to find some blessed quiet. Unless the Cowboys are playing Sunday night football. No, I'm just kidding. I'll turn that off too if I have to. Did you know the Red Raiders won yesterday? Get your guns up, West Texas. Yeah. We got to celebrate when it happens. Because it only happened twice this year. We needed a little break from this heavy resting message, right? Oh, where am I? Blessed quiet. It's hard to be quiet. It's not hard for me to find a quiet place. It's hard for me to quiet this. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm just glad that God said I had practiced rest enough to be able to talk about it. Because I thought, I'm not doing very good at this. But it's enough. And I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to keep growing. How about you? Because this is Jesus' invitation. My yoke is easy to bear. My burden is light. Yeah. Okay, relationship with God is the only way to find rest. You see that? That's what he's saying, not religious activity. You know, I, I don't want to discourage you from reading your Bible. I don't want to discourage you from praying. I don't want to discourage you from worshiping or fellowshipping with the right people or doing anything that's God-seeking. All I want to do is encourage you in all those practices First say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me today? What do you want me to pray about today? Instead of my list of all this, which is good, and I'm not saying that's wrong, but what if I just said, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you highlighting in this list? What do you want me to worship to today? What do you want me to read in the Word today? Where are you leading me? See, that's relational, not religious. And rest comes through relationship. See, God's not dead. He is alive. We interact with him continually. He's the living God. He's the only God that's still living. All other religions have a dead God. But Christianity has a living God. We have a dynamic personal relationship with God through the present working of the Holy Spirit. These words, if these words don't describe you, what? A dynamic living relationship with God. I want you to consider that you might have slipped into religion. Not accusing you, not condemning you. I've slipped into religion. I just told you 18 years ago, God was trying to teach me about rest. I'm still in kindergarten when it comes to rest. But it's okay. We're growing, we're hearing God, and we're responding. We're listening to God, and we're taking action. And so... Relationship gives life. Do you see that? Relationship breathes life into the believer. Religion just burdens you down. So you can live from a place of rest, and rest comes from relationship. I want to read this one verse one more time. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, burdened by the religious rituals that provide no peace, 
and I will give you rest, refreshing for your souls. Now I want to introduce a topic and we'll pick it up next week with this closing scripture in Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 1. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, this is the amplified version, let us fear in case any one of you may seem to have come short of reaching it or he thinks he's come too late. Let's pause right there. Press pause. Some of you think, I've already gone too far down the wrong road. Jesus says, no, you have not. Jesus is a rescuer. He will reach out his hand. He'll pull you back onto the narrow way. You're never gone too far. It's not too late. You can enter into rest today. Verse 2, for indeed we have had good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also. Now let's press pause right there. Some of you may, may not know the story about the Israelites. Do you remember Moses? Anybody? Moses, and he delivered, he was the leader of the children of Israel out of the oppression of Egypt, and they crossed the Red Sea. Remember all that? And then they were supposed to go on a 14-day journey to cross the Jordan River into the land of promise. But did they? No. They spent 40 years walking in circles. Oh, my gosh. 40 years doing this right here. Walking in circles. They get dizzy after a minute. I don't know how they did it. Walking in circles. When there was a straight line that would only take 14 days. <laughs> that sounds like me. It might sound like you. Here, but we have to understand what they did. It says they were not able to, they said the promised land that was across the Jericho, I mean the Jordan River, was called rest. It was the place of rest. So it says, for indeed we have had good news of salvation preached just as the Israelites, Moses and those guys also had it when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them. Why? Because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard it. So you can hear this message today. The Holy Spirit says, Harvest Christian Fellowship. It's time to say it with me, rest. But if you don't mix that word with faith, what does that mean? Trust confidence, belief in the word that God is giving through the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. If you don't mix faith with what you're hearing, you won't enter into rest. There's an example called wandering for 40 years. God says, I don't want you to do that. Verse three, for we who believe that is, we who personally trust and confidently rely on God. We enter rest. So we have inner peace now because we're confident in our salvation and assured of his power. 
Tell me this, when there's a political storm raging, when there's an economic storm raging, when there's a healthcare storm raging all around you, and God says, get down under the hull of the boat and rest. You're like, well, I can't do anything about all this. He says, I can. What does it say? That you actually believe and are assured of his power. So if God says, get under the hull of the boat, what he's saying is, I'm going to take care of the storm, church. Yes! Oh, I need to be restful. <laughs> oh, that's enough. Y'all stand with me. Isn't this fun? You can live from a place of rest, but rest comes from relationship. How many of you today, you don't have to raise your hand, you don't have to do anything, just answer in your own heart. How many of you feel burdened? How many of you feel stressed? How many of you are worried? How many of you feel heaviness about what all is going on? Those, those things are real. I'm not saying they're, they're false, they're real. The health crisis is real. The political crisis is real. The economic uncertainty is real. And whatever other storm you might be in, it's real. Not denying the facts, but I'm saying the truth trumps the facts. It's, it's greater than. So God says, I'll get up here on the boat. You can get under here. It's just like the Bible says, under the shelter of his wing, under the shadow of the Almighty. Doesn't that sound better than being up on the perch of that sailboat, getting beat around, about to get sprung off into an ocean where a lifeboat can't come get you? Just get under the hull of the boat, church, and rest. Oh, God, would you help us? God, our minds, our hearts, our emotions, our, our habits are all formed to stay up here and try to steer this boat. We're up here trying to do everything. And you just say, let go, let go. Oh, Lord, give us the grace and mercy we need to let go, to rest, to hear what you're saying, and obey, to listen to your voice, and respond. Today I pray that any one of us that feel burdened, that we just come to you, Jesus. We'd go under the hull of that boat and we would say, Jesus, I need your rest. I need your peace. I need you to shelter me under the shadow of your wing because I trust in your everlasting power to deliver me. God, we trust in you to deliver our city, to deliver our county, our state, our nation. We trust in you to deliver our world. Jesus, you're the one who has the power. In our weakness, your strength is perfect. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen.